0: I'm about to get myself in trouble. I grew up in the late 70s and the early 80s. And during that time, they released, to my opinion, and in this condition, my opinion is the only one that matters, the greatest music and the greatest movies ever made. And some of them were just really powerful. And one of the movies that or actually a series of movies that uh, came out during that time frame was Rocky. Rocky, if you have not seen it, is about this guy who, who was a poor guy on the street struggling to make it. He became a boxer. Nobody ever thought that he had made it, and, and he brought himself out of poverty and became the world champion of boxing. But in his life, he wound up losing all of his riches and was faced with... Uh, an experience that humbled him and reminded him of his beginnings. He didn't quit and he didn't give up. He didn't go back to boxing because of his age, but but he moved forward with his life. He he continued having quality of life. And I'm getting ready to show you a movie clip from Rocky. And it's not boxing. But it is very straightforward, and it is very honest, and it's a conversation that Rocky is having with his son after he became a man of his own. Oh, look at this! Here. You. is my father. It's
1: in the back. You're doing good. You're enjoying everything, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Excuse me. How you doing? Glad you come by.
0: Can I talk with you? Sure. Can you do it outside.
1: So you're going through with this? Yeah, I start training tomorrow. Hey, are I made some connections. I could make some money on this, endorsements Absolutely, do that Thank you, Rob Sure Okay So you're nervous about the fight? They're scared to death
0: You don't look scared?
1: Well, you ain't supposed to
0: Then you don't have to do it
1: Yeah, well, I think I do
0: You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy People see
1: me, but they think of you Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Well, my last name?
0: That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself. And this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me.
1: You think I'm hurting you?
0: Yeah, in a way you are.
1: It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I
0: know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? do you?
1: You ain't going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up to say to your mother, this kid's gonna be the best kid in the world. This kid's gonna be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world? And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother.
0: I come from that is a motivating speech anytime you get down on yourself you listen to something like that you get yourself right back up and keep going it is a powerful powerful statement but I'm not going to tell you what it's about why I showed it to you at least not right yet today's passage of scripture will be coming from the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 and then verses 5 and 6 the word of God says keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters And do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who were mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you never will i forsake you so we say with confidence the lord is my helper and i will not be afraid what can mere mortals do to me the word of god for the people of god thanks Thanks be to god father god we come before you today and thank you again for the time that you've given us to gather in this house father i just ask that today that you calm my spirit and give me peace father god remove from me the Desire a passion to speak my own words that fill me with your spirit. That every word that, that I speak will be pleasing to you for the edification of your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And I know what you're thinking. After you see a clip like that, I already know what the sermon's about. It's about being told that, that I'm not doing enough or, or, or that life has got me down. And it's my responsibility to pick myself back up. Or well, maybe you're thinking that the sermon is going to be about climbing the mountain and making it to the top only to, to lose it. But learning how to continue to live in peace regardless. Those are good points. And those are good sermon topics, which I might have to visit again one day. But, but I'm going to be honest with you. that The sermon has absolutely nothing to do with that. When we look at Rocky... In all of his accomplishments. We think that he has done a great thing, in which he has. But let's remember, it's just a movie. But what we saw was a conversation between a father and a son. So what we really want to do is we want to take the father and, and set him... Over here, with all of his power and with all of his glory, and we want to look at the sun. You see, the sun in this particular instance, wasn 't happy with life. He was chasing a dream, chasing a vision, chasing some idea, some concept of, of what he thought he had to do in order to, to feel accomplished in the world, to be respected. But all he found And all that he did was misery. And that is not the life that God has for us. That's not the the life that he has intended for us. But like I've said many times, that the life we live depends on how we choose to respond to life. God tells us in his word how we should live. In Hebrews, he says, we're told that we should keep loving one another as brothers and sisters and not to forget to show hospitality to strangers because you just never know who that stranger is. It may very well be an angel of God. It it may be that that God wanted to test our integrity or, or our willingness to be kind to strangers and put an angel in our path so that when... The deed is done that, that he can look down from heaven and say, this is what my child has done. My child was raised right to love one another, even a stranger. Now, I like the way some interpretations of the scriptures use this. Some say to show hospitality. Another one says to, to entertain angels. And I like that one a little bit better uh, because... We have a lot of people, and we've already experienced this a couple of weeks in this church, where, where people come to the church and they're asking for money, and, and we love to help people as much as we can. And there are times when we, as a people, do offer funds to, to folks that are in need. But it's hard to make that decision sometimes. How do we know that, that the person who is telling us their story is telling us the truth? How do we know that, that they're just not lying to us because they're just trying to get our money, because they didn't want to get out and earn it for themselves? It's a decision that we have to make with our own hearts and with our own minds. But I truly believe that when it says to show hospitality or to, to, or to entertain, that it means to offer some type of comfort, to give them whatever it is that, that they're in need of spiritually or emotionally and, and sometimes physically. But I think Scripture is clear on the giving of our possessions. That as Christians, that we are to be as wise as the serpent, but as gentle as a dove. Because we want to experience life in full. And Hebrews goes on to tell us that our lives shouldn't Be encapsulated by just what we want and what it is that we want to accomplish. But to remember the needs of those people, in this case, imprisoned. And I know that when we hear the word imprisoned, our first thought is those who are locked behind prison bars. And you know what? I I think that that's a, a grand thing for us to consider. And how it shows God's love and mercy toward all humanity. Because, you know, I understand that those people who are behind bars have committed crimes, things that, that we would, may find appalling. But it gives us an opportunity to exercise the same grace and mercy that God once showed us. You see, I was behind prison bars at one point in my life. Just like many of you, and, and I know I'm not talking about the physical bars, but the, the f- spiritual prison that, that we find ourselves in sometimes, the, the things that we can't break away from, the, the sin that, is, that plagues our life that we can't, se- can't seem to get away from. It binds us and keeps us bound to a life that we don't want to live, to a life that's not fruitful. Remember last week I was up here with the handcuffs on and I was preaching and I really didn't give a good explanation of of what those handcuffs represented. But the whole time I was up here, they were hurting. One, because they were put on wrong and had my hand turned backwards. That wasn't John's fault. Um, But they restricted my movement. They kept me from doing things that, that I wanted to do naturally. And that's what our sin does to us whether it's anger or bitterness that we hold on to, whether it's some type of habit that we can't just seem to break, can't seem to move away from. It, it keeps us from, from moving to the next stage of our life, to the next experience that God has for us. Those sins that, that bind us just like the handcuffs kept my arms behind my back. Those sins keep us from moving forward into the next stage of life that God has for us. Because here's the reality. We can never move forward until we've mastered what we already have in front of us. And I think John Wesley really pointed that out to us. I know I say this too much when he said that we should always look within ourselves and sit in an examination of ourselves, not to to harm ourselves, but, but to look and see what parts of our lives that we can change or what parts of our lives that we can make better so that we can be better prepared for the life that God has for us. Because God, being the good father that he is, isn't going to send his children into a situation that they're not prepared for. Would you do that with your children? Would you send them out into a world that they're not prepared for? where they don't have the experience to, to care for themselves or make the decisions that they need to. You see, every time I talk about what happened in our past and how important it is to remember it, and every time I talk about what's happening in our present time and, and how important it is for us to, to pay attention to what's going on in that present time, is because that's what God is doing. And once we get to a point in our walk where we can say that, you know what, I've mastered this aspect of my life, and the Father from heaven looks down and sees that, yes, you have put forth an adequate amount of devotion, of determination, an understanding that, that you have changed what you have needed to change, that you are now safe and prepared to move into the next stage of your life. Then he will open up those doors in his time for us to move forward into that life. But we have to remember the important things the kid forgot. We have to remember that, that no matter where we go in life, we never go alone. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I'm going to tell you about experiencing new things. It is scary. It is really scary. When you think that you're prepared, when you think that you're ready, when you think that you've mastered everything and you're ready to go into your new future, the first thing that happens when you get out there is you feel like you're isolated from everyone because you stepped out of a world that you once knew into a world that you know little to nothing about. And it is a scary, scary experience. But you know what? Fear is something that every man experiences in his life. If man did not experience fear, then there's something wrong with that man. But we don't let fear stop us. We use fear to benefit us. You see, fear tells us something about our environment. It tells us we're not comfortable with it. It tells us that that we're not sure what's going to happen in that environment. It tells us that, that we may not be able to control what's going on in that environment. And that's where it's important to remember that that when you're in that new environment that that you're not alone. The God who brought you up to that point is not going to be the God who leaves you. He is the God who walked you through the desert. He walked you through the wilderness. He gave you water when you were thirsty. He gave you food when you was hungry. He gave you housing when you needed housing. He is not going to leave you then just because He takes you into something new. Face the fear that comes along with the fear Move that God brings into our lives. Because that thing that's new, that that seems so harsh, that seems so difficult to wrap our minds around, is the very thing that God wants to use to bless you. Fear will do this. Fear will cause a person to look into the newness of life that God brings them and make you run back what was but we cannot let fear move us in that direction we conquer fear and live the life that God gave us he tells us that that we can enter life walking with him with confidence knowing that he is our helper and you know, and, and and I think about that all the time because I'm not one to ask for help. I don't like asking for help. It, it's very difficult to ask for help. But what I've learned over time is that, that if I don't humble myself and get rid of the, the pride within, that by not asking for help, I'm only harming myself. And you see. I think that sometimes when we go before God to ask for help, I think maybe we're thinking that we're showing some kind of weakness. That maybe our father will think that, well, maybe I can't handle certain aspects of my life if I can't do it on my own. But you've got to remember that all throughout history, God was constantly showing up in the lives of people to offer help. The blind couldn't heal themselves. But Jesus put hands and mud in the eyes in an act of help and restored sight. There is nothing wrong about bending a knee before God and saying, Father, help me. There's nothing wrong with it all. If if anything, it shows our willingness to be strong. Strong enough to know that my ability alone is not enough to get us through Strong enough to say that that, that my spirit is not so overcome with pride that I can't ask for help from my father or anyone else. I think about that boy who was having that conversation with his father. I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. But he did something to turn his life around. You see, he worked hard to get through college. And he worked hard to to get the job that he had. And he was working hard to, to get out from under the shadow of his father. He wanted peace in his life, and and he wanted to be able to experience life as a man and not as a child. But he had to do something in order to achieve that. And it's something that we as a people have done many times and probably should do at other times. And that is to give up the life that we know and cling to the Father. Let me tell you what he did. He, He went to his job and he quit his job. He gave up his friends, he gave up his reputation, he gave up his career because he realized that what he was chasing wasn't worthy to be chasing, that that it was giving him more grief than it was happiness. And it was taking away from him the relationships that that meant everything to him. He recognized the the destruction that, that his life was about to experience before it fully came to be. You see, when he left behind everything, he didn't quit living, and he didn't give up in the fight. You see, I tell you all the time, no matter how hard it gets, you don't quit. If you feel like quitting, you get up and you keep moving. And if somebody tells you you have to quit, you tell them you're not going to quit and you keep going on anyways. But I never explained to you what it means to not quit. Not quitting doesn't mean to, to hold on to, to the circumstances that you have in your life. Not quitting doesn't mean that you maintain the, the same life today that you did 30 years ago. Not quitting doesn't mean standing in the way of, of progress. And not quitting doesn't mean giving up on God. Or does it? You see, we don't control our circumstances. We respond to them. And and, and God blesses us and He guides us and He directs us. And and sometimes life comes to a point where where it's going to change whether we want it to or not. And we have it in our mind that, that if we don't keep fighting to maintain what we've always known, then somehow we have quit. Quitting has nothing to do with that. Quitting means this. Quitting means that I lose quality of life because of my circumstances. Quitting means that that I'm not going to be happy regardless of what happens. And that's what we don't want to do in life. We want to keep moving forward. My circumstances change every day, every morning, every minute, every hour. If you don't believe me, watch a weather report down here because I get ready to do something. I'll check the weather report, and it's nice and sunny. Then I go outside, and, and it starts raining. I pull up the weather report, and it says it's going to rain from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Then it says it's going to rain from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Every hour, something is changing. Every hour, something in our world is changing that impacts our lives. And sometimes, the stabilities that, that we hold on to the stabilities that that we think bring peace and comfort to our lives are taken away from us not because of our choice but just because that is the nature of life but we can't stay down because life changes on us and we can't stop living because life changes on us we as a people choose how we're going to live and i live each day doing this that no matter what i face God has never left me nor forsaken me. I stand each day knowing this, that I have confidence in God, not because I want my circumstances to work out a certain way, but I have confidence in him because I know that his word has been put to the test and it has been proven over and over and over again to be trustworthy. Our help is in the Lord. Our trust is in the Lord. Our salvation is in the Lord. And our lives should be wrapped up in the Lord God. And that's what I learned from watching that, that little video that we just saw of Rocky's kids because here's what Rocky's kid did. The father is over here. The father is successful. The father knows the plan. And the father has a will of his own. And the son who is over here wanting life to be something that it's not, wanting peace, wanting happiness, wanting some type of security in life, comes to understand this, that it's not happening the way that I want it to, and it can only be found in one place when he quits his job and he goes to live with the Father. That is the message that I got from that movie. Not that that we chase dreams and passion, but, but that we find peace and comfort only in one place in life. And that is in the midst Of our Heavenly Father. You see, God has made all kinds of promises to us, and He works daily to fulfill those promises. But it is up to us to decide what we're going to do with those promises. I've been in the book of James this week. And I love one of the verses I find in chapter 5. It says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I think that if we, as people of righteousness, Examine our prayer lives. Then we might find some of the answers to life's problems. Does your prayer life consist of God do this for me? Or God change that for me? Then what does that say about our relationship with God? God. And if our relationship with God is only about making circumstances in our favor, then are we really and truly serving the risen Lord? Or does our prayer life tell us that we are a people who seek righteousness and desire to live in the Father's will? Does our prayer life reflect us spiritually dying to the things that that bring harm to our lives, that, that we as a people can be restored and live in the newness of life? Does our prayer life say to us, the Father is the most important thing in our life or is it that our Father is the most important thing in our life if He does what we want Him to do I'm not going to run long I promise I got four minutes Ed before that door can come open. Sometimes the hardest part of life is when we face change. And that change, the thought of it, the the, the idea of it, is what brings fear and it will knock you down. But lean on your God and trust in Him just like the, the, the son left everything behind and, and trusted in his father and found peace in that journey. Leave your baggage behind and move into the newness that God has for you, following the father and his will. So if I guess I had to sum everything up in one sentence, it would be this. father has good for you don't stop living let us pray father god we come before you and thank you for the time that you've given us to come together and father as we prepare to leave here today help us to remember that, that life is not always easy and it's not always fair but that, that we as a people can can depend upon you that we can walk with you we can talk with you and that you can ex- give us an experience of life that, that we've never had before help us father god to to put beyond us to put past us the things in life that are stopping us from moving forward but help us to to move forward with great hope and great expectation that that you will be with us everywhere we go and that we can have confidence in you and your ability and your love for us as we learn to be disciples of Christ. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, As we close, remember, we have a meeting today, uh, so when the service is completed, Fellowship Hall... So at this point, uh, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord. Listen-